in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. And welcome to the CEO Raider Podcast. That's your host, John Mayetta. If you like what we do here at the podcast, please post a review to Apple Podcasts. Check us out online at CEORaider.com, the only place online where customers, investors, and employees may anonymously review their company and CEO. If you like what we do, please subscribe. It is free to do so. Today, I wanted to talk about investment bankers. We're in the market again, or actually for the first time with investment bankers, uh, as we look to accelerate what we're doing here at CEO Raider. So starting to reach out to some of the institutional bankers from whence I came. So think of this podcast as if you're a CEO and perhaps you're going public or looking to execute an M&A transaction, if you're a board member, if you're a young investment banker, just sort of words of advice based on my experience. So eight and a half years on the sell side with an investment bank, uh, the good people over at Needham and Company. And I was on the equity research side. On the research side, you typically have a, a loose partnership with the investment bankers where the bankers would take companies public, and execute that IPO process. And the research analysts would provide research coverage on those client companies post the IPO process, so once they became public. In addition, the research analyst would canvas the landscape. So I covered software. I try to find software companies within my my specialty sectors to get a sense as to what was going on in the market, to identify potential candidates that you know could potentially go public in the future, share that information with the bankers. Occasionally, you would meet with some of these private companies with the investment banker. So it was sort of a tag team effort. The best investment bankers are intellectually curious. And remember the three I's that I talked about earlier for selecting board members, intellectual curiosity, industry experience, and inquisitive. Those three I's that they apply to investment banker selection. You want an investment banker who's intellectually curious. You want an investment banker who's been covering his or her industry for a period of time. You want an investment banker who is inquisitive, that they engage with you, that it's not a one-way conversation where you're giving them every bit of information about your business and then they return the favor with some 60,000 square, 60,000 foot commentary about the capital markets or vice versa. They walk into your office and they give you a 60-minute monologue filled with high-level commentary about the capital markets, which really provides you with little value and you in return as the CEO or board member or CFO don't have the opportunity to effectively communicate what it is that you do, what your company does, how your company goes to market. So a good investment banker is going to want to know your story. A good investment banker is going to present you with M&A ideas. Whether you've hired them as a bank or not, they'll periodically show up and show up with quality M&A ideas. So I got a chance to meet every investment bank in the couple of years that I spent leading a, an M&A operation. The balls bracket firms, the boutique firms, and everybody in between. And I could tell you there are only two investment banks that I really like. And I'll call them out by name because I think it's, it's worth noting. Uh, and in the first case, which was Goldman Sachs, uh, the tech team, the software team was led by Jeff Houghton. And Jeff's no longer there. He's on the corporate side like I was at the time. And I'm not sure how many of his team members are, are still there. So this is going back five and six years ago. But he and his team were engaged. They asked good questions. They showed up with good ideas. They're creative. They hustled. And it's not a function. CEOs and board members, if you have investment bankers, show up to your office to pitch you. Don't let them pitch you the sob story that, you know, we're not a bulge bracket firm. We don't have the resources. They do da-da-da-da-da-da-da. If that bank and the banker is any good, they'll figure a way to provide you value-added advice, value-added commentary about what they see in the marketplace beyond the 60,000-foot view. When they come into your office and, you know, a favor you could do yourselves, when a banker comes into the office and wants to walk through the pitch deck, 
make them keep the pitch deck in their briefcase and have a conversation and find out what they really know. If they're worth their salt, they'll be able to talk off the cuff without the pitch deck because they're only going to show you a thousand logos for various companies that they help take public and or did M&A deals for. Great. They could throw those numbers at you in, in, in five seconds. No need to walk through page or five pages of logos. Have them communicate a case study to you. They the banker. Have them walk you through an example as to how they were able to take a particular company public that maybe wasn't the easiest company to take public. You know, maybe have maybe they had the the case of a of a company that was a good company, but maybe earlier in its life cycle, and therefore maybe doesn't have the revenue predictability that investors like. Maybe it doesn't have the earnings predictability quite yet that investors like. So it's a little bit of a harder sell. Or maybe it's in a in a sector that's not the the hottest sector, or maybe the rev recognition model is one that's not purely subscription and therefore can be a little bit lumpier. Whatever the case may be, have them articulate for you how they were able to execute, effectively execute an IPO transaction on a company where the situation wasn't optimal, but they are able to figure it out and add value and help the story get communicated to the buy side in such a way they're able to get a deal done. Similarly, have them walk you through an M&A transaction. You don't need the pitch deck for that. That's a conversation. So of the Goldman team, I'm not sure how many of those folks are left. The other company is still around Union Square Advisors in San Francisco. So Ted Smith at the time was president there. I'm not sure if Ted's still president or if he's now officially kind of CEO, but he and his team were creative, small team, other end of the spectrum, maybe 12 people there, a dozen people, maybe less. And the only time in my life I ever walked into a meeting with an investment banker where that banker showed me a company that I wasn't aware of was in a meeting with Ted's team. They stumbled, and I shouldn't say stumbled, they found a couple of, in this case, it were small private companies in the auto sector that I wasn't aware of. Doesn't often happen. Many bankers won't take the time to get into the weeds. And some of it is because the, infrastructure, the, the compensation structure for bankers is... I think a little bit out of whack. I think the incentives are a little bit misaligned. So the way a banker gets compensated on is a function of IPO fees and M&A fees. And the individual investment bankers that drove the majority of those fees come bonus time at the end of the fiscal year, those bankers take home the lion's share of discretionary income. As a result, what happens is bankers run really fast. So they try to maximize the number of meetings they get. They try to maximize the number of deals they can become participants in and maximize the number of maximize the fees. But what happens is when, when your focus is more on quantity than quality and you start to become more transaction oriented instead of long-term service oriented, long-term value oriented, what happens is you get a reputation. And I used to have companies complain to me about my peers when I was a banker on the banking side and how they would just come through, they wouldn't know the story and they just wanted to chalk up a meeting to, to show their bosses they were in meetings and they're trying to move and they were moving the ball forward when in fact they were probably hurting the deal what companies want from bankers is value-added commentary tell me the ceo tell me something i don't know if i'm cfo tell me something i don't know about the about the broader market about uh, what you may see in the space and you don't have to talk out of school that's not what i'm saying don't divulge to me something about one of my competitors that you may know and this isn't uh gossip time that's not what i'm saying but share with me, hey, uh, you know, I've, I've met with ABC companies, maybe not direct competitors of yours, but in sort of an adjacent market. So you may not have this perspective, but I've met with them and kind of this is what they're seeing in the aggregate. Now, that's information I may not know as a CEO or a CFO or as a board member. And you're making me smart about a market that 
is adjacent to us that maybe we've had some inside conversations about, about moving into that market. And now you've provided me with some information that helps, that furthers my thinking in that area. That's value add. And you're only going to get that valuable information if you invest the time. So my point being, it's not about the number of meetings and the number of companies you meet with. It's about the quality of those conversations. And in order to have quality conversations, if you're an investment banker, you've got to put the time in, do the diligence, and learn about a particular space. You don't work in the industry, but you have to learn about the industry. It's not enough to walk down the hall and have a conversation with your research analyst. You've got to do some of your own work. Even if you're the senior partner, you're the managing director for the space, you've got to do some of your own work. Take a trip. Go to one of the lesser attended conferences. doesn't have to be Salesforce's dream conference. We've got a million people converging on San Francisco for three days. Go to an industry conference in, your, in the space that you cover as a banker. Spend a half day or a day at that conference and then wrap a couple of meetings around it. I can guarantee you'll pick up tidbits of information that your research analyst isn't aware of. And you'll get to meet some people at that conference. And those people will probably say, geez, that's one of the few, if not the only, investment banker that I've ever met at this conference. Occasionally I'll see a research analyst, but never a banker. They're too busy out chasing fees. Well, now you've gained credibility in the marketplace by spending the time to do the work in the market by attending a conference. Maybe you do that once a quarter, maybe you do it twice a year. Anything is better than nothing to that end. So the three I's, not only do they help with board selection, but they help with banker selection. And if you're a young banker, take the advice to heart. It's only going to pay dividends in the future. See you all next time.